Hey, Steve, put this on. What am I? Okay. Just put it on. I'm putting it on. You can step in. There you I, go. I, okay. It okay. zips up the front. Put the head on. I, what? Uh, okay. Yeah, what you go. <laughs> it's a pig costume. You look why, like am a, I, why am I wearing a pig costume? You look good as a pig, Steve. Oh, oh thanks, Jason. You're going to taste great at Christmas time. <laughs> what? That little pig. everybody and welcome to late seating i'm jason harding and i'm steve shives and on this show we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation whether that reputation is good or bad and this time around its reputation is oh that's so cute even though it's riddled <laughs> and filled to the brim with some of the darkest content you oh. can possibly imagine but it's done in such a way that when mm -hmm. the kid goes what's that you can easily explain it away right because yeah, exactly. i did that <laughs> <laughs> hey steve what movie what children's movie what children's classic are we reviewing this time around we are reviewing that children's classic barnyard comedy pig movie mm, family, animal farm animal <laughs> it's like animal farm yes no it's the other one we're reviewing babe it's like animal farm if halfway through the author went jesus christ i'm writing a book about animals <laughs> <laughs> babe, hooray, babe. Yeah. You have any trivia for babe? No? I have some trivia. No, I no. do have some, though. Some? Okay. Okay. What's, so what's the trivia? Here, here's the first piece of trivia that I would like to share with you and with all of our wonderful listeners. You'd say the trivia. I'm going to eat this pork chop. Okay. <laughs> the part mm. of babe. The mm. part of babe God. was played. <laughs> the part of babe was played Jesus, by a total of... Succulent, <laughs> Jesus! Is it slow roasted? Mm -hmm. That's the yeah. only way, baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The part of Babe was played by a total of forty-eight pigs. How many? And I are have still it on, upright. And I have it on good authority that they were all delicious. They had a huge party. Oh, and of course, this was because Babe is a baby pig, and baby pigs grow very fast. That's right. So, they, so they this movie's bullshit. This is, it's all lies. You think that pig would stay the same size like that for like a year? Come on. The, end of the ending of it, when he's trying to run around and do this stuff, the pig stuff is this gigantic pig. Just, oh, no more. No more. Please don't make me run. Please. <laughs> a sheep pig. What kind of sadistic bastard came up with this idea? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Because it would have taken them months to make it. Yeah, yeah. And what are you going to um, do? Inject chemicals into the pig? Make them stop growing? No. <laughs> that would never happen. You do that, and then you have other problems with the pig. Like it keeps falling over. <laughs> <laughs> it vomits up blood during a take, and you're like, stop. Why can't we do <laughs> Cut. <that?" laughs> Give me another pig. <laughs> Get the paddles out again. Well, that's if they were trying to use only one pig, but keeping it young somehow. Like it goes into a pig-shaped container that just kind of holds it together. <laughs> I'm in a mood, make, everybody. I've had a long week. Just make weekend. a robot pig. Just make a robot pig. They did. They did a couple of them. The Henson yes, Company yeah, worked Some of on the these. animals, a lot of the animals are animatronic mm -hmm. in, in certain shots, in certain shots. Sure. Um, you think that duck was doing all that shit? Come on. I wish that duck was doing none of that shit. Anyway, um, uh, more trivia? Yes. So uh, James Cromwell decided to do the film after seeing how few lines his character had. 
figuring mm -hmm. that it would be an easy and undemanding project. How many lines Even was so, that? I, I, the, 16. It, yeah, not very many. Mm -hmm. um, even so, he got more screen time in this movie than he had ever gotten before in any other movie. That's true. Um, That's and true. of course, this the, he uh, he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars this year. Or to a pig. <laughs> to a bunch of dead pigs. Babe was nominated for Best Actor, and I hear Cromwell was really salty about that. He was like, you know. But not as salted um, as that pig was after. Oh, boy. <laughs> um. And by the way, one of those previous films of James Cromwell was The Babe, which came out three years earlier in which he played Brother Matthias. So James Cromwell was in both The Babe and Babe. How about that? And one of his friends told him, go ahead and do the movie. If it's if it's bad, you know, they'll blame the pig. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> they'll blame the pig. Um, pork sales in the United States dropped by 20 percent after the film was released. And James Cromwell, who was already a vegetarian, decided oh, yeah, to become a vegan. Mm -hmm. Good for him. It had it, it had an effect. Um, and last little piece of trivia. Did it I last? This, no, because yeah. the pork industry countered with put bacon on every fucking thing you <laughs> exactly. eat. <laughs> exactly. They have. I'm pretty sure they have rebounded since. I think it was a, it was a, a this a was temporary 95 dip. and America's yeah. bacon. Except I, I honestly believe these two things are connected. Pork sales go down and then all of a sudden bacon is on every single fucking hamburger in the United States. Yeah. And people are starting to write things on the new brand new Internet about how bacon is the candy of meat. And you can't. Yeah. You know, bacon that's is in true. every fucking thing. I'm just old enough to remember because bacon used to me every I mean, there was never a time when people didn't like it. Like bacon was always a thing that people liked. But there was a certain point where it turned from you want some bacon? Oh, sure. I'll have some bacon to mm -hmm. you love bacon, don't you? Isn't bacon the greatest <laughs> thing ever? Why don't you put bacon on it? You know, like it got so aggressive and I was like, OK, look, I'm look, No, I like bacon. But that was the know, pork industry. Yeah, that was the pork industry. Let's let's get people back into eating bacon because it doesn't we don't even know what part of the animal it comes from or if it comes from an animal. It's just <laughs> bacon. Are we sure it even comes from an animal? <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, they did the same thing with cheese. Yeah. Put oh, cheese on it. Put cheese on everything. <laughs> OK, shit. They go to all the fast food companies and say, put bacon on this. There wasn't a bacon cheeseburger one at any fast food restaurant in the 1980s that I can remember. And now there's the Baconator. That's right. <laughs> I've always been, I've always preferred the Big Bacon Classic, but the Baconator, you know, there is something to be said for the Baconator. If you mm -hmm. hate your life and you just want to end it soon, <laughs> order yourself a Baconator. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Anyway, so yay, he became a vegan. Yay. I remember yeah. that. Um, I remember speaking out about yeah. that. Yeah. And he was like, I don't want to eat my co-stars. <laughs> Good for you, James. He wants other Good people to do it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> other people can leave, can lead their lives as they choose. That's right. <laughs> One last piece of trivia. I thought this Good. was neat. All right. <laughs> as you mentioned a minute ago, the film was released in 1995, which, according to the Chinese Zodiac, was the year of the pig. China sold out. Someone, someone waved some money at them. Universal Pictures sent out a check them. and said, what do you say? Next year, year of the pig? Mm. <laughs> no, it's year of the rooster. No, no it's year I the think pig. maybe year of the pig. Year of the pig was last year. 
No, nah, well, you're going to do it twice in a row. And they well, went, nobody wait, pays communists. attention to this shit. We can tell our people whatever we want them to. And <laughs> exactly. We just go on and say, hey, guess what? It's you're the pig again. <laughs> it was so popular last year. Mm-hmm. They had a movie. They had a movie studio that had 48 suckling roast pigs that they needed to get rid of. China was there. <laughs> and at a big banquet. <laughs> the Beijing premiere. I need to not do these shows tired. I need to not do these shows after working 16 hour days and then sitting down and go, yeah, sure. I'll be in a perfectly happy mood. This fun, super fun children's fucking see from, from where I sit, we need to do this more often. <laughs> be quiet. Cause Can you I know, do... I love, you know, I love the dark shit. Yes, please. please. Okay. Now it's time for who made it. Australia did it. Kind of. <laughs> It was shot in Wales. It's kind of shot where you don't know where it is. It's in the nowhere yeah. land country. You don't know what time period it is. I mean, Farmer Hoggett has a truck that's a million years old, but they get a fax machine. Yeah. So you can send letters by phone. Um, <laughs> it's directed by Chris Noonan, and Chris has done nothing. I mean, TV stuff in Australia. Um, he got a little bit upset because everyone kept saying George Miller did it. Um, George Miller said, we handed him this movie complete. You know, we basically just handed him this finished movie complete. All he had to do was shoot it because apparently Chris got upset that George was saying things like that. And George was like, I don't shut up. <laughs> George have- was like, I'm George Miller and you're Chris Noonan. So take <laughs> That's the right. and shut up. Screenplay by George Miller and Chris Noonan. So they both worked on it. But according to George, he just handed him the script based on the sheep pig by Dick King Smith, produced by Bill Miller, who also produced Mad Max and Happy Feet. George Miller, who also did Mad Max and Happy Feet and Doug Mitchell. Nothing starring Christine Cavanaugh's babe. And she's dead now. Oh, she died. She died from leukemia. But you know her better as the voice of Chucky from Rugrats and a whole bunch of other animated cartoons. Yeah. Danny Mann as Ferdinand. Nothing. James Cromwell as Arthur Hoggett. Everything. He was always on TV up until then. <laughs> yep. And when you saw him in this movie, you went, oh, hey, that guy. And then he was in everything after that. Star Trek, The Green Mile. Mm-hmm everything usually playing a bureaucrat not always playing a bad not playing a bad guy sometimes playing a bad guy but this boy this exploded his career didn't it steve oh this made him a movie star yeah before this i knew him best is of course he was stretch cunningham on all of that's why most people knew yeah. him as stretch cunningham on all, hey, all right and miriam margales as the voice of fly and you know her as that fucking professor at hogwarts with the plants most people know her from that not from her <laughs> incredible career it's just from that because she was in harry potter fucking Harry. the potter. professor with the plants yeah hugo weaving as rex and you i don't don't make me magga magga zubanski as esme hobbit and um, a lot of Australian television. She's well-loved. She's actually one of their most well-loved presenters. She's uh, openly gay and supports a lot of LGBT stuff. And I think she was 30 when she made this movie. And her yes. husband was 107. I don't She looked older. She's a character yes. actress. But once you know how old she is, when you watch it a, a second time, you go, oh, yeah, she's pretty young. You she's can pretty see it, young. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm done. Oh, uh, Miriam Flynn as Ma. 
And uh, she was in the vacation movie playing somebody. I don't know. And she was the voice of the long-necked grandma dinosaur in The Land Before Time, which we'll have to do at some point. No, Steve oh. will cry. And I'll just you want, my, you want to make Steve cry by making him watch the sad dinosaur cartoon. Russie Taylor as Duchess. And she was the longest running person to ever do a character because she did the voice of Minnie Mouse. Talk about just stumbling into luck, I guess. I don't yeah, know how much really. that job, how much did that job pay? Did she ever demand a raise? I mean, what would you do? I want more money or you're not going to be able to replace me. It's like anybody can replace you. <laughs> it's like anybody. It's like everybody does a Mickey Mouse. Everybody, yeah. everyone yeah. on the There's... fucking planet does a Mickey Mouse. There's no much, job security there at all. <laughs> job security. Could you possibly feel if every, you know, everyone goes, hey, oh, how are you doing? Oh, how are you? And everyone just does it. But then again, yeah. not all of them do it. Great. It's kind of like everyone, everyone can kind of do Kermit. Yeah. But I mean, with Mickey, like I guarantee there's a, you know, there's a dozen people making minimum wage at Disneyland right now that, sure. that, that, that the, you know, that yeah. the company could just pluck out of obscurity and say, you're the voice of Mickey now. Well, now the first thing you have do to do is shove the shove the previous person that does Mickey Mouse's voice into this burner. Do it. Once he's gone, you have the job. And Roscoe Lee Brown is the narrator, and you know him from film and TV and theater and just tons of stuff. He's got a great voice. Oh, I don't know why yeah. he didn't narrate more. He's yeah, because he's such a great narrator. It's such a great you guys, voiceover guy. You guys probably know him as that weird guy with the penis head in uh <laughs> In uh, the never-ending story at the palace. <laughs> the weird guy with the penis. He does. What do you want? <laughs> Cinematography by uh, Andrew Lesney, and he did all of the Lord of the Rings films. Edited by Marcus Darcy, and he edited Anaconda, Blood Orchid, and nothing else. I mean, he got nominated for an Academy Award for this. This is as close as he got to the sun. And then he did a bunch of other <laughs> crappy movies. Um, he decided, and, I'm going to stay in Australia. Yeah. Also edited by Jay Friedkin. Nothing. Music by Nigel Westlake. Nothing. Production company, Kennedy Miller Productions. Distributed by Universal Pictures. Release date, August 4th, 1995. Running time, 92 minutes. Budget, $30 million. Adjusted for inflation, $57.6 million. Pigs are expensive, guys. And box okay. office... $254.1 million for or adjusted for inflation, $487.7 million. So it made all of its money back and it was a smash bang hit, wasn't it, Steve? It sure was. Everybody kept saying that thing. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Yep. We took that genuinely heartwarming line from the end of the movie and just beat it into the ground that's right we did Just so murdered it so steve are you ready to go into the dark hopeless world of animals <laughs> i'm ready farm? <laughs> let's go to the slaughterhouse let's go the only thing that ferdinand says in this movie that i agree with is that christmas is indeed carnage carnage <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you and me run into the world of i wanted to say the dark crystal don't know why mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. the Dark Crystal. Into the world of Bab. Steve, Bab. take it away. Hey, pigs, huh? <laughs> Don't you love pigs? There's a whole, there's a big house and it's nothing we but love, pigs. We love eating pigs. Oh boy. Piggies all over the place. There's a big fat mama pig and the little piglets are suckling on the mama pig and the narrator's telling us about how, you know, um, 
it's a dark world where you never see sunlight. And it's your kid a dark goes, world where you what, never, Daddy? Yeah. <laughs> Why are they doing <laughs> that to those pigs? And you're like, shut up and eat your bacon. Eat your bacon. Eat your sausage McMuffin. Um, second but, best. My second favorite you know, breakfast sandwich, by the way. The sausage. Good for McMuffin. you. Anyway, anyway the narrator um, tells us that the pigs believe that there is like a pig heaven and yeah. that men come with hooks and they, they <laughs> yes. literally show up. And they take their, this, they take when the their mothers away. Yeah. When their mothers get big and fat enough, they get they get herded into the back of a truck, and that's the truck to pig heaven. And they, hey, they kids, have a and wonderful life. What 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 uh, set they created for the pig for the darkened pig room? They didn't. They found it. It's they not shot hard to it find. on location, kids. You you probably live within twenty five miles away from one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, they, they reason that pig heaven is so is great because no pig has ever come back from it. Yeah, why would you want to? It's just that good. That's but, right. So unfortunately, and a big nipple machine comes down to feed the babies. Yeah. Right? So so everything's fine. Um, yeah. And but there's this Ex- one little pig that misses by mom. He says he's a little he's a little runt, and he actually because he's a little runt, he gets picked out because these two people come and they say, "Give me that little runty pig." And they're like, okay, sure, take him. And they put him in a box. And he goes to a country fair. They said, he's he's yeah. a runt. He's not worth anything. Yeah, nobody will want to eat him. Except we maybe some the, desperate, starving yeah. farmers. We go to a fair and we meet Farmer Hoggett, who is a bit like the Scarecrow from the Batman movies. Um, <laughs> his his wife. They're a bit like Jack Spratt and his wife. Right? She's yeah. big. Yes. And she's constantly talking. Anyway, he spies this booth that says, if you guess the way to the pig, you get to keep it. And he picks up the pig and then the pig pees on him. And then the narrator says something special passed between the pig and, and the farmer. And you're like, wait, is it turning into one of those stories? <laughs> oh, no. I thought this Please was for no. children. <laughs> I thought this was for children. He, he says one of his 16 lines and yes. then he you know goes off. And it turns out he wins the pig, doesn't he? He yeah, he, he wins a, the pig. He, he gets Otherwise, a phone there's call no movie. The next day. Yeah, right. He gets a phone call the next day and say, hey, guess what? You won that pig. And he's like, what pig? Oh, that one from the yeah. thing. Sure. Okay. And we're back at the house and, you know, Mrs. Hoggett has a wall full of trophies and the most evil animal you could have, which is a cat. Now, cat, I would like yeah. to say the movie does go out of its way to inform the audience, but there are plenty of wonderful, nice cats in the world, yes. except this one. It just so happens that this is not one of them. Mm-hmm. No. So he wins. He brings the pig out there. Uh, there he has some sheep dogs because he raised sheep. And that mm-hmm. and and Ma, the, the the no, it's not Ma. It's it's Fly. Fly it's just had a whole bunch of perhaps some of the most adorable puppies you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah. And Farmer Howie puts the pig in the farm. The puppies come up and they're like, let's kill it and eat it. <laughs> No, but then he runs into mom and he's kind of upset, right? Oh, yeah, because yeah, he, 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 he misses his mom. He misses his mom. So Fly takes pity on him and says, OK, he's going to stay with us. He's going to live with us and our puppies. And Rex, the her 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 husband <laughs> shows is up. like he's like, I don't like this. And all the other like animals these. are scared of him. Yeah. And he's like, he can stay here for a little while. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks. I don't know how you became boss, but okay. <laughs> He's the boss dog. That's right. And Fly, for whatever reason, comforts the little pig because he's very, very sad. Yeah. But then we get to find out the way things are, right? Yes. 
the babe does not know how things are. And one of the things that he realizes is there is a duck who is crowing yes. instead of the is crowing instead of the rooster. Yes. And what is his philosophy about that? Well, this is Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. And Ferdinand's philosophy, as he explains to Babe when he is in the process of roping Babe into helping him to do a crime, is he says, okay, look, we're on a farm. And the way it works here is if you are an animal on the farm and you don't have a function, then the you don't humans, have a will, job. Eat, then the humans right. will eat you. So humans eat ducks. I'm a duck. So if I am the duck who crows to wake them up, then they won't eat me. That's right. They need me to do that. Also, there's a bunch of rules like pigs aren't allowed in the house. Right. Only dogs and cats are allowed in the house. That's right. And once again, we have no idea where this is because some of the buildings, the, the farmhouse looks like an American farmhouse, uh, the house house looks like an American house, but their barn looks like it was made 5,000 years ago with a thatched <laughs> roof. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so we find out that the dogs have a job. They're the, there's a the sheep dogs. Right. Right. And Farmer Hoggett, we also discover, is a little bit of an inventor. Yeah. With his gate and stuff. He has a Babe mechanical wants, gate. Yeah. Yeah. Babe wants to go with the the dogs out to the sheep. And she says, no, you have to stay here. Yeah. And he's we like, have okay. to do dog work and you have to stay here. Right. He's like, all right. So um, he wanders around and he meets Ma, who's locked up because she's sick. And Ma mm. is like the elder sheep, I yes. guess. And um, she kind of lets him know, you know, reinforcing, just keep your head down and they won't eat you. You know, they, you know what everyone is trying to avoid telling him is that he is going to be eaten at some yeah. point. Yeah. Nobody right? actually tells him that directly, but right. they, they drop hints that Babe is too innocent to pick up on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But Babe figures it out a little bit and gets sad. And then, you know, he gets comforted by his not mother. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, this her her puppies get sold. Well, not yet. Um, oh, okay. not yet. Okay. Um, and then they get an alarm clock. Yes. And this threatens the duck. This is and, Ferdinand's worst nightmare. Yeah. So the duck and the pig are going to sneak into the house. They're going to steal the alarm clock and destroy it. They're going to kill Mrs. Hoggett and bury her body in the backyard if they have time. Yes, because she is the one that kills and eats everybody. <laughs> That's right. She, she she is the specter of death. On this she block. is the specter of death. All she ever talks about the pig is all the things she's going to make out of the pig. Yeah. Right. Fattening him up. Yeah. Yeah. But Ferdinand convinces him to go into the house. The evil cat is there. He has to get past that. He needs to sneak. This is, takes so fucking long. But, you know, he does eventually get to it, doesn't he? No, he, he gets, gets something tangled it. around his leg. Babe gets tangled in on some yarn. And then Ferdinand runs in to rescue him. And then Ferdinand tells Babe to just, just leave. I'll take care of it myself. Ferdinand mm-hmm. gets the clock. And then Babe shows up because he wanted to come along anyway. And at some point, as they're trying to get out of the house with the clock, they drop the clock and the cat wakes up. And, you know, the yarn has been drawn all around every place. And the Farmer Hoggett is building a dollhouse and there's paint everywhere. And they, mm-hmm. they end up just completely wrecking the living room. Yep. And then they come home. Everything's wrecked. The cat has been wrecked. <laughs> the cat is like, covered in yellow paint. But they Babe duck- has blue paint all over him. Yeah. So we see hoof prints and duck prints. Rex gets a gun and he- <laughs> he's like, <laughs> they, have he says- a tri- they have a trial and they say, I've been, he says, I've been too lenient. It's time for- we follow the rules. That's right. And my rules are death for disobedience. <laughs> 
death to the pig. And then the next day, the puppies are playing with with Babe, and he runs into a funny room that has lots of knives. Yeah. And a sign that says, what you eat today walks with you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Cheerful. Ferdinand is hiding in there because he's convinced that they are going to eat him. Right. Because he's a criminal. He, he, Mm. you know, he trashed the house and now he's on the run. And the other animals are mad at him. And Babe has been told not to go around Ferdinand anymore. But Babe just ignores that because he's like, you're my And Babe has to sleep under the cart now instead of in the bar. Yeah. That's what Rex said. And then we have one of the weirdest transitions ever while we watch a pig eat slop while mice sing for an absurd well, period like, of time. The, mi- the mice are like the Greek chorus. You know, they sing the chapter titles and stuff. Yeah. Sure. But now it's time for the for the puppies to get sold. Yeah. And they all get sold and Fly has to watch that happen. And she's super depressed. No one gives a shit. <laughs> Except for Babe. And Babe says, yeah. can I call you Ma? And they're like, oh. And you're like, oh. Oh. Exactly. But we're getting we're getting close to Christmas. Yeah. You know what and, that means, Babe. And all the monster can talk about is all the things she's going to make Babe into at Christmas. We meet, the, we meet the, their kids and their grandkids. And their grandkids are wretched abominations that need to yes. be destroyed. Their grandkids are awful and they're ungrateful and they get these As Christmas soon, gifts yeah. from their grandparents and they don't appreciate it. After Christmas, they have to take their golden tickets to Wonka's because they're <laughs> exactly. just fucking awful. Um, uh, yeah. This is where Ferdinand says Christmas is carnage because he sees um, he sees uh, Mrs. Hoggett measuring babe. Yes. To be cooked and eaten. Right. And, and it also, has to be said, Babe is, is still not that big. Mm-mm. Like, if they're fattening him up to eat him, they would not be eating him this year. They're doing a poor job of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's suckling pig. I mean, suckling pig literally means a pig that baby was pig. still suckling. Yeah, baby pig. Yeah, but there's like, but they've got like six people for Christmas dinner. Ma is led away on a cart where it's implied that she's going off to die. <laughs> Yes. Babe then sings, then sings, uh, I don't know, Jingle Bells, I think. Jingle Bells. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christmas gets here. Um, she's talking about cooking the pig. And then Farmer Hoggett says, well, it's a shame. And she's right. like, well, what do you mean? She says, well, imagine being able to take in that prize, you know, at the far, at the, at the, you know, fair next year. And then she, we have a dark scene where we're not quite sure what's happening, but we hear a bunch of quacking and then a chop and everyone, every, all the animals try to go back to sleep <laughs> <laughs> because they live in a nightmare world. Granted, a very pretty one, but a you nightmare world. never know when world. your number's up. Yeah. Actually, take that back. The Hoggett's farm, the house wasn't that American. It was also kind of European. Yeah. They show the cat come out and it's got feathers and it's licking blood off its paws. <laughs> And they're eating a duck and everyone's like, no, they killed Ferdinand, but it wasn't Ferdinand, was it? No, Ferdinand, they're all looking through the window, watching them eat. And Ferdinand walks up and the other animals are like, oh, my God, if that's not you, then who is it? And I think he he says the name of the duck they're eating. I think it's like Rosanna or something. Rosanna or Miranda or something. Yeah, he's he's lamenting. He's lamenting her death. Why did it have to be her? Yeah. And he's like, fuck all you idiots. I'm leaving. Yeah. You can stay here and get eaten, you bunch of chumps, but I'm gone. And they use the gate to launch him and he flies away. And you're like, 
But while at the gate, baby, here's something. Yeah. Uh oh. While they're while the while the parents are getting a fax machine, and uh, the kid is having <laughs> a fucking tantrum over the dollhouse that Farmer Hoggett made for her, made for out by hand from scratch, painted and everything with little she furniture wanted, and shit. Uh-huh. Not, no, no, no appreciation at all. That's right. She wanted the one on TV. Yeah, but Babe goes out to investigate. He's not supposed to go out to the sheep field, but when he gets out there, bad men are stealing the sheep, aren't they? Yes, they are. And a very bad dog. That's right. And he comes rushing back. He calls uh, He calls to the sheep dogs to uh, fly in wrecks. He tells them people are stealing the sheep and then people steal the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> but at least Farmer Hoggett knew about it. Well, yeah, they didn't steal walk. all of his sheep. <laughs> they, 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 drive stole, up. they stole like half of them or something. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's another thing he noticed, and that was it looked like the pig came back and told them right that the sheep were being stolen. And then farmer Hoggett lets the pig ride back to the farm on the truck mm-hmm. and Rex being a racist yeah. says that is not <laughs> yeah. supposed to happen. That's not, I don't like that. I don't like that. And then they have fireworks at Christmas time. Sure. Why not? I don't. Well, <laughs> yay. Baby Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure the animals love that. Yeah, none of the all the animals are watching the fireworks. Yeah, They're not having the animals are not spooked by the fireworks in the least. But now Farmer Hargett starts noticing some other things about Babe. He's good with animals. Well, he's starting and to it, herd animals. Like yeah, animals listen he, to him. He herds all the chickens based on color because he's a racist. <laughs> and of course, his family thinks that Hargett's crazy for some reason. Even though you know he's a quiet man, it's, there's a reason why this is like an iconic character. Right. He doesn't say yeah. a whole lot. Everything's no. conveyed in his face. You know, he's never I don't think he yells once in it. I don't think he does. No. Um, but then he is going out to the pasture and he brings babe with him. And Rex is like, I got to learn how to use a gun because I'm going to kill that. <laughs> how dare he? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then babe, he gets, uh, yeah, he gets babe, to watch babe. the sheepdogs do their job. Yeah. And uh you know, get all the sheep back in the pen. And that's great. And the sheepdogs are like, what are you doing? <laughs> what? This is our job. They'll eat us if you take it away. What are you doing? <laughs> well, isn't there like, there's a scene between Babe and Fly where Fly says, like, how did you get them to do that? Not yet. Babe, he hasn't done oh, it not yet. yet. Okay. Mm-mm. Because there's a, there is a difference because, well, so just like with real sheepdogs, Fly and Rex scare the sheep into yes. doing stuff, right? Yes. And they're trying to tell Babe that he can't do it. He's not fast enough. He, he's not, He's got to yell at the sheep because they're stupid. He's not mean enough. Yeah. He's not mean enough. Meanwhile, we've gotten to know the sheep and the sheep, you know, um, the sheep are not stupid, right? They have right. some weird beliefs, but he goes up there and he tries to bark and yell at them and they all laugh at them. And fly, fly even reinforces the fact that the sheep are stupid and you have to bite them, right? Yeah. So he goes running in there. They start laughing at him. He says, you're going to get moving. And they say, you're, you know, why are you being so rude to us? And then he just talks to him, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, while uh, Fly and Rex are talking about divorce because they disagree about the pig. Um, <laughs> Rex has this amazing scene. 
where yes. he's like tot- he's totally serious and mm-hmm. he says to fly like you know you and i come from a long line of sheepdogs we come from thousands of years of pride and tradition and i saw that tradition you know like mm-hmm. spat on today and it made me sick and he's like he's like wow you need you, you really take this sheepdog thing a little too seriously right because babe gets them all to walk in two by two yeah in a line and come around and farmer hog it's like hmm Oh my God. <laughs> I've got the greatest sheepdog in the world. After their fight, I mean, they're they're trying. I mean, she tries to come back and talk to Rex and Rex attacks her. They get yes, in a they fight. Have, yes, Rex, Rex and Fly have a fight. Yeah. And while trying to separate them, Rex does the worst thing that you could possibly do. And he bites from Rugget. That's not good. Nope. She's hurt. He's left outside. Um, babe tries to come up and talk to him and he tries and he tries to attack babe. So then he gets a muzzle. Yeah. And the vet comes out and he goes, well, it's obvious that uh, someone's insulted his traditions and he's in a bad, <laughs> he's in a bad place you know, all the time. He's kind of like royalty. So uh, maybe you should put him down. But what they do is they sedate him. So now yeah. he's on the now he's on the goof juice. Yeah. Just laying there all day doing nothing. Nodding. Mm hmm. But now the pig's doing like he's trying to we cut to a scene where Farmer Hoggett's trying to give him medicine and he goes out to the sheep and he says, come on, take your medicine. You'll be fine. And they're like, oh, OK, if the if the if the pig says it's fine and they all walk up one at a time and just get their medicine. Yeah. And the, and the Farmer Hoggett's like, oh, God, oh, God, I've got a special I've got a miracle pig. <laughs> and he just start praying to Jesus more. And he's going out to the farm. And he's watching the other, no, not the farm. He's going out to other pastures watching the sheepdogs. There's a competition at the fair, right? Yeah. For the best sheepdog. And then we get some backstory on Rex. And it turns out Rex is a little deaf because, and we find out why he hates sheep so much because there was a flood and Rex was trying to get those stupid sheep to follow him and they wouldn't do it. And they all died. And Rex became a little deaf. He was sick or yeah. something. And that's why. And then we cut to Rex and he's all drugged up. And he's turned into a puppet and he's <laughs> and you're like super you're kind of sad but not really because sure. he's a fucking asshole he was mean um, but now he was, he's sad well he tried to you know kill everybody so then we cut to <laughs> farmer hoggett showing the pig how to do the competition his wife thinks he's crazy he should just kill her that's all there is to it all he needs is the pig he doesn't need his wife anymore that's right oh one day um who is it? The, uh, babe is looking for somebody, I think. And, like he goes and talks to the chickens. He opens the gate on his own because he can. And uh oh, there are dogs. Attacking there are dogs the sheep. attacking the sheep out in the pasture. And, yeah. And Babe whips out two guns <laughs> <laughs> and take and kick some ass. No, what does he do? He runs down there. One of the one of the sheep have been been hurt badly, and Ma, yeah, Ma yeah. has been wounded, and Babe just basically like battering rams the dogs. And That's right. Them away. That's right. And he runs back to Ma. Ma's laying, and she's been. He puts a snout where she's been hurt, and he has some blood on the snout. And then Farmer Hoggett comes up, and he thinks that Babe has killed a sheep, which is the most ridiculous fucking thing. <laughs> yeah that's totally what happened and you know ma's dead and there's only one punishment if you've you know if you've killed a sheep meanwhile i don't know what this is gonna do fly goes out to talk to the sheep right yeah and and the sheep have like this code and they really don't like talking to wolves because they think well they call them wolves 
They call all dogs wolves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get some of the darkest writing ever, ever, because <laughs> they're trying to tell Fly what actually happened, right? Yes. And they finally they finally communicate with one another um, because the sheep love bait. And in the meantime, the narrator is like, Farmer Hoggett had a weird thing <laughs> that he was pointing directly at Babe. <laughs> yeah. And he reminded him of the food from that dark, awful place that he used to get when he was in that fucking, um, you know, that that uh, at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, the metal. And he wondered what was going to come out of there. Fly comes running home barking. That stops him, pauses him for a second. And then Mrs. Hoggett comes out and says, oh, they found there's been a bunch of dogs running around and killing sheep. And they said they saw your pig. (laughs) (laughs) Save those sheep and kill those dogs or something. I don't remember. So if you were planning on shooting that pig, maybe you better not. I can't wait to eat him after <laughs> after the fair. <laughs> Farmer Hoggett realizes that he came very, very close to killing the pig. Yes. Right. Then there's a rainstorm. That fucking monster that he's living lives lives with is is leaving to go do something. She has she's, like some. Yeah, because she's involved in all of these like agricultural competitions and stuff. And yeah, she's going off to some meeting of one of her groups. Yeah. So she's going to be out of town for a few days. That's right. It's a torrential rainstorm. He whistles for everyone. Babe comes up and he lets Babe come into the house. Yeah, because he's cool like that. Right. And then the evil, uh, the evil cat. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Babe, not only is Babe in the house, but Babe lays down in the cat's spot on the in front of the, in fire, front of the fire. Yeah. yeah, that's not cool. The cat's not going to stand for that. And she's like, hey, chump, guess what? <laughs> guess what's going to happen to you? They're going to eat you. It's called bacon. Mm-hmm. They're going to cut you up. It's going to be great. No matter what you do, no matter how much you think they, he loves you, you know, stuff like that. That doesn't happen yeah. right away. Uh, Ferdinand comes back and he's wondering what's going on. And he's surprised to see that the, the duck is outside. Oh, and that's all. That's when, when. Okay. So this is how it happens. The cat sees him in his spot, attacks babe and farmer Hoggett throws the cat outside. Right. And that's when the vendetta is sealed. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's when the cat is like, okay, I'm going to take care of this shit right now. That's right. <laughs> and so then they lose power for whatever reason to make it romantic. And I get worried. But yeah. then yeah. that's when the cat comes down and says, look, he's just going to eat you. They don't give a shit about you. I'm around because I'm pretty. And because the, the, Laid that lady monster loves me and you don't do anything except get fat and then we're going to eat you. Ha ha ha. And so there's a there's a subtle little thing here that they do that I really like. Um, Babe and most of the other animals refer to Farmer Hoggett as the boss. Yeah, she of the cat. The cat refers, refers to as the mom. Yeah, as the boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he goes. And he needs, he doesn't believe the cat right off. He goes outside and asks, asks Fly about it. Yeah. And she tells him the truth. Yeah. She tells him the truth, which wasn't what he should have done. She should have done. <laughs> I mean, she um, tries to be gentle about it, but she doesn't lie to him. She says, yeah, that's true. They mm-hmm. eat pigs. And then Babe's not around the next morning. Yeah. And so Fly goes running out to find him. And he stayed out all night because he was upset. Rex, Rex helped find him. Yeah. And that night, by the way, he also faxed his entry for babe to the sheepdog competition. Yes, that's and right. Rex actually comes up to him and says, you've got to snap out of this. You know what? It's important to the boss. 
And the boss, you know, because Babe doesn't believe that the you know thinks the boss is just going to eat him, that he doesn't give a shit, right? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to nurse him back to health because, well, we can't really tell. Is it that important? Does boss actually love the pig? Does he, or is it just a competition thing, right? Yeah. And then the boss does a silly dance for about 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> to cheer him up, to cheer up Babe. To cheer up the pig. And it works. The the babe cheers cheers up, starts eating food. He's getting better. And he's like, holy shit, it's almost time for the festival, isn't it? And he's got to go down there and he's got to register him. And it's not a fa- it's not like the fair like last time. This is like a sheepdog competition. It's like a competition. Yeah, that's right. And the sheepdog is like, OK, this is super important. And babe has never met these sheep. Right. And they tell him well, they don't want to a- listen to him. That's right. So they have to. The dogs decide we're going to go and get this kind of code word that sheeps have, right? <laughs> yes. Mrs. Hoggett is watching the competition on TV because they live in that kind of fictional country. Sure. With the sheepdog it's, it's competition. A big, it's a big ratings grabber every year, the sheepdog <laughs> competition. People watch That's it right. all over the country. But they're like, they're like, they're not talking to him. They're not communicating. And so what do they decide? What do Fly and Rex decide to do? Rex is going to go. Rex, Rex is going to run to all the, farm. the way home. He goes all the way back to the farm and he talks to their sheep and he says, give me the and password. Oh boy, does he have to swallow his pride for this, doesn't he? Oh yeah. The sheep have some conditions. And what gets, what gets their attention when um, he says, he, he says, he says, for please. He says, please. Oh, yeah. Cause the sheep want assurances that they will be treated civilly by the dogs from now on. That's right. And Rex is like, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> whatever you're going to do, do it. Tell me what it is. It, and what is it? Ball ram you, ball ram you to your fleece, to your flock. I can't to, remember. Yeah, to your fleece, thing. to your breed, to your clan be true, I think it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he comes. So now the competition and somehow the TV is on. The, oh, power is restored to the house. So the TV turns out and all the animals are watching the TV yeah. through the windows. Um, and now this poor dog, Rex has to run all the way back to the competition. Um, meanwhile, the judges are like, you can't have a pig. And it's one of these things, right? There's nothing in the rule book that says that you can't have a pig. There's no rule because we never thought this would but ever happen. Some psycho would show up <laughs> with a pig. I have a pig, actually. Can I enter my pig in the sheepdog competition? Mm-hmm. I, I fucking guess so. This Thank year you can. <laughs> Thankfully, Rex catches a catches a ride on a truck. Mm-hmm. But we're getting closer and closer to when they're going to go out. And now Farmer Hoggett um, is coming out, and they say with his dog Pig, and it's a pig, and everyone starts laughing at him. And his wife has a fucking heart attack. I wish she did. I wish she fell over and died into a <laughs> plate of sausage. That's what I hope she did. Um, she. I hope she was eating a sausage. She choked on it. Choked on it. Fell out the window and landed on top of a roasting pig. That's that would be irony, but Uh, poetic justice. Everybody's laughing at them. Yeah. Um, And then just right before they're about to start, who runs up? Rex. Rex runs up and gives baby password. Literally looks like a dog ran up and whispered in his ear. And then he runs back to his wife and they release the pigs. And there's a timer and it's how much yeah. time without biting or injuring the sheep that the, that the um, pig would have. And so babe goes up, gives them the password. I love the reaction from the pig, from the sheep. They say, what did you say? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> and then the entire place goes quiet. Yeah. Right. Because they see this pig 
talking to these sheep. And then he gets them all to just walk directly into the enclosure, which was the job. Yeah. Um, walking, uh, I think, two by two, aren't they? Yeah. And he leads yeah. them around one thing and then re- leads, leads them around another thing and then into the enclosure. And uh, while Farmer Hoggett gives no commands. No, Hoggett, it, this, the, the people watching this in the stands are, are just, they're watching like, a magic trick That's because right. the farmer the farmer stands there says and does nothing the pig as far as they can tell isn't saying or doing anything these sheep are just magically going where the pig wants them to mm. go and that's because he's <laughs> thanking them and telling them what great work they did yeah and then he says hey he leads them to a circle and he says i would like you guys to step outside of the circle and these three to stay and they line up again which doesn't happen <laughs> Yeah. And then he leads them all into the enclosure and Farmer Hoggett closes it. And that's when everyone bursts into into cheers and the 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 fucking judges have to give him like the highest score possible. Yeah. Right. He gets perfect tens all across the board. Mrs. Hoggett, who thought she was going to have to uh, you know, have her husband committed, is like weeping. She's not dead, like would have been a good move ending to the movie, but you know, whatever. <laughs> and and everyone's cheering, and then uh, all the animals are cheering, the mice are cheering, because everyone watches on TV, Fly and Rex are making out, which I could have done without, and then God shows up, <laughs> because a single beam of light breaks through the, breaks through the, uh, breaks through the clouds. And Farmer Hoggett Hobbit- says, what to the pig? That'll do, pig. That'll do. And then they ate him. And the, the voice of God, end. the voice of God said, this is my own beloved pig in whom <laughs> I am well pleased. And a new, and a new parable showed up in the Bible about a pig. <laughs> the book of pig. <laughs> the gospel according to the pig. Because everyone calls him pig, except although the humans call him pig. The humans, because the humans have no way of knowing that his name is Babe, because only That's the other right. animals know that. Yeah, they, yeah, Farmer Hoggett just always calls him Pig. And now the movie is over. So, Steve, Yay. yes, what do you think of this heartwarming, heartwarming children's film about murder and <laughs> raising animals for slaughter, and also, you know, not knowing your place? Because that is the overarch. Don't, don't. <laughs> Be satisfied. If people tell you what you are, you don't have to fucking believe them. You can yeah, do whatever you em. want. It's not a desperate attempt to prove your worth to the man so he doesn't kill you. <laughs> Which is another interpretation of this movie. Uh, yes, indeed. What do you think of Bab? Bab? Babe. Babe. You sound like a, like a, a Eastern Perfect European if- saying, what do you want to do tonight, babe? <laughs> Let's go dancing and have some food. <laughs> we'll what go to the discotheque. What do you think of Babe? I love this movie. Yeah. I love this movie. It's it's rare to see a film this funny, this sweet, and this mm-hmm. sharp all at the same time. Yep. And Doesn't shy away, does it? No, not at all. And, and, and it's even rarer to find this in a kid's movie. Yep. Um, Babe is one of the best children's films ever made, I think. And, and one of the things that makes it so great is that even though it's made to be suitable for a young audience, it doesn't treat the members of its audience, however young or old they might be, 
like morons. Right. And it doesn't. And like, as you say, it doesn't shy away from some of the more uncomfortable truths that exist in the lives of these animals. Mm -hmm. um, and in certain cases, it even manages to get laughs out of how bleak some of their lives are, mm -hmm. which is amazing. Um, the movie is warm and engaging and amusing um, in ways that appeal to kids and adults. And it manages it without ever feeling like it's pandering to anyone. Yeah. Um, it's funny without being overly broad, which is something a lot of movies aimed at kids go for. They do like just really broad clownish oh, yeah. cartoon humor. And it doesn't do that. Um, it's cute without being cloying. And it has a sense of humor and a personality that is all its own. And it has confidence in itself and in what it's doing and how it's doing it. Yeah. Um, when you watch it, you get the feeling that it's not trying to make you laugh. It's just funny, which is a wonderful quality for a comedy to have. Uh, um, it doesn't try to warm your heart or to make you cry because it just has those qualities. Oh, yeah. No one really expected um, to cry on the final scene of this fucking movie. No. And, and you don't feel like it's manipulating you into it. You know, it doesn't come across that it way. It broadsides you. Yeah. You're like, I'm watching this happy pig movie. And then all of a sudden you're so wrapped up in the idea that babe need, the babe is going to do this thing. And Farmer Hoggett, who barely has any dialogue yeah. in the movie. And then you just have the two of them at the end. And you're like, oh, shit, my face is wet. What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> because, because the movie, without even realizing that it's happening, the movie sells you on this relationship between this farmer and this animal. Mm-hmm. And you believe it. Um, I love the characters in the movie. I love the fact that they are characters mm -hmm. and not just cute animals playing to expected types. Sure. Um, Babe isn't just the adorable little pig who we're supposed to love because he's cute. You know, he's mm -hmm. a character. He grows. He learns things. Mm -hmm. He experiences joy and sorrow. And the things he learns aren't great. Yeah. This this pig in a kid's movie mm -hmm. has a dark night of the soul after he learns that humans eat pigs. That's right. <laughs> and it doesn't sink the movie. The movie no. is still a, a likable, engaging, entertaining movie. Um, Fly, the sheepdog who becomes his surrogate mother, is a mm -hmm. character with depth and different sides to her. Um you know, like we see that her and Rex as the dogs are kind of the top of the pyramid on this farm. As far as yep. the animals go, um, they never have to worry about being eaten you nope. know, or sold off. But it's also sad for Fly when her puppies get sold because Farmer sure. Hoggett breeds the dogs and sells them. That's part of what he does on the farm. And it, mm -hmm. it, it, it really ruins her day when this happens. And she's really down. Um, and we see how angrily Rex reacts to Babe when Babe starts going against the established order and doing dog stuff when he's a pig. And then we see how Rex comes around and mm -hmm. warms up to Babe because Rex is loyal to Farmer Hoggett. And he sees that the farmer is invested in the pig. So Rex had better get on board and help the pig too, because that's Rex's job as the dog is to help the farmer. Um, and he redeems himself by helping babe Rex, the dog who is a supporting yeah. character in this children's movie about talking farm animals has a more dramatic and satisfying character arc than countless human characters in that's other true. movies I have seen. Um, <laughs> Ferdinand the Duck, who I love 
I love Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a delight. The Every most self-aware animal yes. on the farm. He is, and and they do something very smart with him, which is they don't overuse him. They give him two or three really good scenes, and then they move him off for the rest, mm-hmm. for most of the rest of the movie. He comes back near the end, so he can see everything happening with Babe in the the competition. But he has his he has his moment, and he's hilarious. And then he leaves, and it's yep. perfect. It's perfect. Um, and then there's Farmer Hoggett, the the main human character who, you know, James Cromwell finally became a movie star after acting for over 20 years in mm-hmm. film and television. And damn, did he deserve it for this because he's so good in this movie. Um, Hoggett is the kind of character that is well written, but needs the right actor yes. to, to bring him to life mm-hmm. because he doesn't have a lot of dialogue. A nope. lot of what makes him an interesting character is implied through performance and and through his quietness yeah and and cromwell just gets him he just gets this guy the great reaction when his granddaughter throws a fucking fit because the dollhouse isn't right is that he he thinks it's funny he doesn't laugh out loud but he thinks it's funny (laughs) yeah you know he's which is an interesting angry or yeah, yeah exactly it's an interesting response and he's what what's i think what i love about him is that he's self-contained Mm-hmm. but he's never like he it, it's not that he's flat or that he's uninteresting or that he's shallow they somehow managed to put across that he is a, a human being with dimension and depth without mm-hmm. explaining him or going too deep into what makes him tick he's very self-contained um but he's obviously a kind and decent guy mm-hmm. we see that he's a little eccentric but not too much so he doesn't become like an oddball or a cartoon character right and and there's that scene where he sings and dances for babe mm-hmm. which is wonderful and and it works so well because we've gotten to know him well enough by this point that we can recognize how far outside of himself he's stepping when he does that um you know and then at the end when he says that'll do pig with that smile and that twinkle in his eye like it's mm-hmm. it, that it works because we buy into the relationship of the characters and it works because it's just such a pure genuine moment um and in a movie like this that does go so dark sometimes and does (laughs) recognize the bleakness in this situation oh yeah for it for it to also be so disarmingly earnest and genuine like that in and of itself is is emotionally affecting um, the movie is a low-key technical marvel. Sure. Uh, I mean, it has it like we mentioned earlier. It's it's a combination of trained animals and special effects mm-hmm. uh, to make these characters come to life. Gets some truly extraordinary performances out of these animals, and yep. I don't just mean the vocal performances by the actors, although the vocal performances are all fantastic as well. But the physical performances of these animals. Um, there are so many shots in this movie where it's a reaction shot of a dog. <laughs> or a or a pig or a duck like silently mm-hmm. reacting to something and yep. it always plays like the animal looks like oh man that dog really looks angry that dog yep. really looks nervous like it works you know, that yep. dog really looks surprised like there's a reaction shot of fly when fly is watching babe herd the sheep for the first time and it and she doesn't have a line and it's not like a big overreaction where she rears up on her paws and goes like oh 
It's just a dog <laughs> passively watching something, but she looks surprised by what she's seeing. It's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, the, yeah, the, the whole movie is fantastic. I, I I loved it when I first saw it as a cynical Tarantino and Kevin Smith loving 16 year old. Yeah, because, um, uh, you know, uh, Pulp Fiction was the year prior to this one. No, that was 93. No, no, no. This no, was, was 95. So 94. It was the year. Yeah. Prior. And by the way, and not that it means anything, but I mean, Tarantino loved this movie. Yes, he did. Uh, Tarantino loved this movie. And so, I mean, I loved it back then as, as a, a, a shitty teenager. And, and I love it even more now as a happily childless 40 something. I, um, I love it for its intelligence and for its respect for its audience. I love it for its cast of characters. I love it for its playful and sometimes biting sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And I love it for its sweetness and its fearlessly open heart. It is Mm -hmm. a great movie. So there you go. Yay. Um, I agree with everything that Steve said. Um, I never really viewed this as a kid's movie. I viewed this as a movie that kept in mind that kids would be watching it. Right. I think they made this movie first and foremost for adults. And then cater and then probably modified it to make it. And I don't know how much of this is from the source material, but to make sure that there are issues in there that didn't terrify children, but as adults, you immediately pick up, pick up on. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts with the factory farm at the very beginning, which actually is a nicer factory farm than most of the factory farms that are in existence in the world, but it isn't a great place. Yes. It's described as a place where the sun never shines. Right. And as soon as the mothers are taken off to be slaughtered, a, you know, a nipple machine comes from the ceiling and then they all have to drink, you know, drink from that. But what I I find interesting in this is that some of the themes that they say out loud, and one of them is you just have to accept that this is the way things are, which if you're a parent, you've probably said to your kids, well, that's just the way things are. Yeah. Right. And how unacceptable that that sentence is. Right. I don't give a shit if it's about animals or anything like that. But everyone on the farm, everybody that Babe encounters says a version of that when he first first gets there. That's the way the things are on the farm. And the way the things are on the farm is you have the boss and his wife, you have the dogs, and then you have all of the other animals. And the animals that don't appear to have a function are being fattened up so that they can be eaten. But eventually all of them get eaten. That's the part they don't understand. They have this kind of a hierarchy, but they don't as well. I don't think they eat the horse, but that cow isn't going to be, you know, once yeah. that cow stops, starts, stops producing, they eat it. Once the sheep stop producing, they eat it. You know, once the sheep gets too yeah. old and or whatever, they eat it. Um, but I mean, the overriding metaphor is, you know, that's just, you have just have to accept that that's the way things are. And without trying to do so on purpose, Babe bends that rule, breaks that rule. He breaks that rule. And he's not trying to. He's an innocent, he's an innocent pig that just wants to know what's going on and why, what's going on and why. And there are instances where through his, you know, his innocence that he stumbles into things, right? You know, he overhears far off that the the sheep are being stolen and he runs off and then he tells somebody about it. And then, you know, the farmer notices that and he gets encouraged to pursue other things. And so now Farmer Hoggett's breaking the rules and all the other rule followers are upset, including Rex, who is probably the biggest rule follower because he thinks he makes up the rules. 
but he's just adopted them from from uh, the farmer. You know, you guys aren't allowed in the house. That's all there is to it. No animals in the house. We're going to solidify that rule. I thought I was being too lax, but we're going to make sure pig sleeps under the cart where he always does. Where's that? Uh, where's the pig before him? Shut up. Don't talk about that anyway. Um, but I mean, that's basically what it is. It's very low key. There aren't major speeches. There's no, you know. We got to, you know, we got to stand up for the pig because he's doing X, Y, and Z. And <coughs> it's just good. I mean, what else can I say? It's just good. Yeah. It's well made. Um, you can show it to your kids. You can show it to adults. It's funny. It's darkly funny, just like it is dark in a lot of places. You know, if this had been, I think, a more Americanized film, the the scene where he goes into the slaughterhouse or farm, Farmer Hoggett kills animals wouldn't have been in there. Ryan. Probably, yeah. That's that's, the scene, that's a pretty dark scene. Yeah. All allusions to what happens to these animals about them being eaten and stuff like that. Um, it's also low key about and about people on trying to have a better understanding, getting over their prejudices about other animals. Mm-hmm. You know, Fly and Rex think the sheep are stupid. They're stupid, cowardly, dumb. You know, they deserve to die if they, you know, do something stupid and the sheep think that the wolves are just stupid violent that you know if it wasn't for the boss they'd eat them (laughs) and when they finally stop and actually talk to one another that's when all of that drops down and they have a in the movie the common commonality is babe who's not a wolf or sheep you know they'll be like well if if that's what babe says because we get to the point in which the the sheep are calling for babe when they're in trouble and so it's kind of like you get all of this stuff and you get all of these payoffs later on and then you have the competition which really doesn't show up until about the last 20 minutes of the movie um and then all of them work together so that Farmer Hoggett can win a local medal. That's the stakes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Of course, God does show up at the very end and shine light down on him and goes, look what I did. Hey, everybody, come here. Take a look at this. Take a look at this thing. This pig did something nice. Oh, my God. What are they doing to him? Oh, wait, 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 wait what? <laughs> what do you mean? To- <laughs> she literally says in it when we're around the Christmas time, all the blood will be drained by morning. Yep. Which means... Take that knife that you're sharpening, father, and pick up the pig by his ankles and then slit his throat. And then we'll have, you know, all the blood will be drained out of him. But I saw this in a movie theater with kids and not a single one of them went, what's that? What does that mean? What is going on over there? Kids, you know, you kids, when they start reaching a slightly older age, they get it. Eventually, a child goes, they, they have to make that connection yeah. between oh. a chicken and a chicken nugget. And yeah. they finally go, oh, this is made out of that. And they, they're usually okay with it. They and get I go, over okay. Because yeah. they're they not might... giving up chicken nuggets. They're a little They'll kid. be crying. Here's a chicken. Chicken nugget. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's so good. Does my ketchup come from an animal too? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, what did they kill for soda? You show him a picture of a kitten. No! Oh, no! Oh. Yep, right in the blender. Sorry, we, kid. We make it at home while you're at school. <laughs> but no, I love the film. I love it. Steve, classic? Classic, absolutely. Classic. 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 All right, Steve, hurry up. Name something that you don't want to recommend. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to cut to the chase. I'm not recommending Air Bud. I knew it was going to be one of the Bud movies. Air bud, base bud. You know, it was like this always happens with a movie Basket like this. Bud. 
basket bud the whole the, the, the whole air bud franchise and again see th- this this always happens a I movie like bud. this a movie like a movie like babe comes out and is a big hit and everybody loves it and the vampires that work for the movie studios are like we need more of those and they don't understand anything about why the movie worked in the first place and they don't care they don't even try to understand they're nope. like give me another animal doing people's stuff and that's what it is air bud is instead of a pig doing people's stuff it's a dog doing people's stuff and it's a dog playing basketball because as you know jason there is no rule to that's prevent right. a dog from playing on a human basketball team there is you know what? no I actually rule. accept it for for babe because it's not yeah. like a team sport because who could have foreseen that well i, I think there have been enough crazy farmers at some point showing up at some time so they have to, they had to put it in the rules. It has to be a dog. Someone had to show up. Was it that's your wife in a dog costume? Yeah. No, no, no. This is my sheep dog, sir. <laughs> We're fairly certain you've electrified their collars. No, 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 no. It's just a good old fashioned sheep dogging. And I brought my own sheep. Those are your children. Those Should are not. Okay. Do it. <laughs> Gun comes up. Just do it. <laughs> just let me in. I want the ribbon, goddammit. I want the ribbon. It's not even a trophy. It's like a just a plain blue ribbon. I want the <laughs> ribbon. Has in Sharpie written on it, winner. And you just <laughs> your safety pin it on you. Thank you. My life is complete. Yeah, no, Airbud, it's a pile of crap. Um, it's about a What's lonely it about? Little, a lonely little boy who befriends a dog, and the dog becomes the mascot of the little boy's basketball team. And then one day, when they're a man short on the basketball team, the dog starts to play. And the referees realize that there's no rule to prevent the dog from playing. And it also turns out the dog is a great basketball player. How does the How about dog that? dribble the ball? He doesn't dribble. He just shoots with his little nose. He just, he, it's like, it's like a seal hitting a ball. He just, boop. gee, you made it sound like that. The main character is the lonely little boy. Yeah. Well, cause the main Aren't character you glad is the that lonely babe boy. wasn't like that. The yeah. Babe is the actual main character main character of the story. Yeah. That's yeah. neat. So yeah, everything, everything that babe isn't air bud is it's manipulative. It's sentimental. It's witless. <laughs> It's pandering and cloying. And it's not it's funny. It's, it's yeah. not funny. It's just bad. So don't it's see. It's made Airbud. for you to sit your young child in front of him exactly. and say, shut up. It's, shut up while yeah. I go fuck your mother upstairs. And I'm going to watch this whole thing. I don't care if you get bored here. And you throw Legos on the floor. Make something. I'm, I'm setting the DVD player on repeat. It's just going to keep playing. You sit there and watch. I don't care uh, how many times. I want a replica of our car by the time I come back downstairs. You understand me? I want a car and I want you to tell me a, a synopsis. I want you to give a critique over Airbud. Do you understand? Yeah. And I want it to be a car, goddammit. None of that Star Wars shit. That's right. And now you understand why we're both movie reviewers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay. Well, as you guys know, I like to not recommend a movie from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed. And it's 1995. And the movie that I'm not going to recommend is as features one of Steve's favorite actors, action oh, actors, favorite. And the movie I'm not recommending is called Top Dog, <gasps> starring Chuck Norris. Oh, yes. I don't think I've ever seen it, but I remember... I know oh, then you're is. not really a fan, are you, Steve? You didn't watch the one with a dog in it? Where literally he has to share screen time with a fucking dog, and the dog is more charismatic than Chuck Norris? 
the dog acts him off the screen. It doesn't uh, surprise me. In this movie, this dog, this dog's uh, companion, well, they call him a cop companion, but I guess he's his partner, is shot and killed by terrorists. And uh, then <laughs> of Reno, of course, that's how it Reno happens. to the dog. Well, actually, they're white supremacists, but they're also terrorists, which is good. Um, he pairs up with a tough cop named Jake to thwart the criminal, this criminal organization. That's probably because he had a script called Double Punch or something like that, in which he has to pay, he has to team up with a new partner. Yeah. Whose, whose other partner had been killed by the same group. They just went in and replaced that other partner's name with Dog. Dog. <laughs> how, by the way, how has there not been a Chuck Norris movie named Double Punch? How did Golden Hot do that in the 80s? How did they not do Double Punch? Ah. <laughs> you could hear him. You could hear the trailer. Make mine a double. And he's like, Double Punch. Double punch. He's alone. He's the only form of justice in this small town. But when the yep. local gang arrives, and it's the typical 80s multi-ethnic, how did these people meet each other gang? Yeah. Yep. You know, swinging chains over their heads. That's right. Then, <laughs> you know, Chuck Norris's name is like, I don't know, Jack Sledge or Jack Sledge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mike Taggart. Biff kick punch. What Taggart? <laughs> we could just take the names from uh space. Or, or his <laughs> name is literally double punch. Double Jim Double Punch. His last name is Punch. And his first name is DWD. And no one knows DWB <laughs> L. And they don't know. It's funny back in the so he has five names. DWBL Punch. Yeah. Call me double punch. Call me double. It's stupid. It's uh, it's someone took a buddy cop movie and just made the other buddy a dog. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's it's what you expect from fucking Chuck Norris. I've never liked any of his movies, even the ones that people say, "No, you got to watch one." Of this is ridiculous. I don't like the man, and I don't. Yeah, and I the, just don't. The, yeah. the guy, the guy is not good. But no. there, and, and and I don't, I don't like all of his movies. Some of his movies, even I, am like, I just can't sit through this. But Lone Wolf McQuaid, I could watch that shit. Like right now, when he uh, he, uh, he drives his jeep, gets buried in a hole, and he drives it out of the hole while chugging beer in the buried jeep. It's like, okay, come on, I gotta, nope. give, I gotta give it up to this one. Hey, Steve. Yes, my friend. Guess what? Chicken butt. <laughs> I haven't no? heard that since I was ten years old. Neither have I. I haven't, I haven't said it since <laughs> I was ten. Guess what time it is? It's time for me to make a terrible choice. That's right. As Uh-oh. if you're a new listener, that means Steve has to choose from three movies. He doesn't know what those movies are, and he needs to choose the next one that we're going to review. And we're going to be doing uh, movies from the same directors. Ooh. So I had to give you a hint. Directors. That's right. Plural. So one. A, B, or C, Steve. Pick it. A, B, or C. Pick the fucking movie. You better pick it. I swear to God. See. Thank God. Oh, cool. I did good. Longtime (laughs) listeners of the show have heard us swing and miss at this fucking movie for like nine years. So we're finally going to be able to review the goddamn thing. Had you chosen A, we would have reviewed Fargo. 
Ah, good movie. Okay. I love that. Movie. Great movie. Yeah, I love Fargo. Had you chosen B, we would have reviewed Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Another movie that I very much a- Absolutely. But you finally fucking chose C so we can get this off of our goddamn list. The movie that we're going to review next time around is The Big Lebowski. Thank God. <laughs> Haven't we done that already? No, we've never done The Big Lebowski. In fact, we've only done one Coen Brothers movie. Yes, I guess maybe I watched it on my own at some point last year. But anyway, okay, yeah. Great. Big Lebowski. <laughs> Just awesome. watch it one. It's very watchable. It's a great movie, yeah. No, do you, can you name the only Coen Brothers movie we've ever reviewed? Raising Arizona. Yeah, we haven't touched any of the others. We haven't gotten kind of No Country for Old Men. We haven't done Fargo. We haven't done any of their other movies. Well, we're just going to have to get it. We're just going to have to get after it. Again. Yeah, the last five shows of, the, of, of this of this series is going to be just nothing but Coen Brothers. Just Coen Brothers, yeah. So awesome. if, you guys want, if you want to get all the jokes, then please watch The Big Lebowski before our next podcast drops. I'm having a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Thanks, guys, for listening once again. For Late Seating, this is Jason, and see a movie this week. And this is Steve. And always remember the words that I overheard being taught in seminary school when one of the students asked a question about what to do when members of the flock are asking, are are being, you know, a little unruly and and not doing what they're told. They said, we don't ask sheep, dear. We tell them what to do. This too too long to too long to go yeah 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 you know the names too too long to go there was actually when i was when i was in high school i ordered chinese food that's why that's what i'm getting it from steve is that story you told yeah yeah Yeah. too long to drive too long to drive he seemed so exhausted because you made him exhausted he drove he was in a car you paid money i think no you didn't he had to come and get money from you, didn't he? Yeah, I think, I, yeah, we paid at the, when, yeah, because this was back in, in the old days before, you know, <laughs> smartphones and such. So, yeah. In the old money. days when you had to have cash or they killed you, you had to have it or the pizza man would get angry and just dump a hot pizza right on your face. It was terrible. <laughs> no, he would take that little plastic thing that they put in the middle of it, you know, to keep the box from smashing it, and he would just jab you in the eye with it. Your little pizza table. Your little pizza table. You, you get that right in the table. face. Yeah, you right. get that right in the face. Yeah. I wonder how much money the guy who invented the little pizza table made. I hope it was enough to retire uncomfortably, because it's a great little idea. I mean. But I want to. I want to meet him, so he has to say that out loud. I'm the man who invented the little plastic <laughs> pizza table. You don't know my name, but you know my work. I hope that there is an epic movie coming out where. <laughs> oh shit! I did watch that movie and I forgot to bring it up. What? What? I watched the weird, the weird Al Yankovich movie. <gasps> oh, we should talk about that during the after show. Maybe. Okay. Force the. <laughs> so people listening to this to this part where we haven't cut it off yet. That's if you right. Want to hear what Jason thinks about the Weird Al biopic. That's right. You have to become a patron. <laughs> okay, that's it, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. 
You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Lemmy Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Lemmy Listen. And thanks for listening.